Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sorry, this is the that's the worst um, drinks in musical theatre I've ever made. One of them is like a potion. Uh, one of them's a form of dance. So... <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's beautiful. It's stunning. Something you can drink, something you can do on the stage. That's beautiful. That works, right? Well, somebody get us another drink! Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with tinctures and tango. Exactly. And you know what? Coincidentally, uh-huh. tango is also a drink in the UK. Really? What does tango yeah. taste like? Uh, it's like an orangeade. Is it like um, um, tang? Oh, you guys call it tango? Tang. Is it the same? We have tang. How interesting, because I, I, know, like, I know what tang is. That's like the, everything is like tang. It, you like, know, like powdered, a, powdered orange stuff that you mix yeah, in. Yeah, but it's, it's not that. It's not powdered. It just, ah. It's like um, the uh, cola, Pepsi, sorry, Coke, Pepsi, uh-huh. Fanta, Tango. It's like that oh, ratio. Okay. Um, it's not good. It's highly sugary. And um, yeah, but we've got a catchphrase, like, you know when you've been tangled. <laughs> And it used to it used to be um the adverts for it would be this big guy in a big orange suit would come uh-huh. um and it'd be like uh hidden camera stuff and he'd like slap people across the face. Be like, you know You know when you've been tangoed. That <sighs> we should have gone into advertising. Right? On that topic. Um, what are you drinking today? <laughs> I am drinking right, let me get this right, okay? Give me a second. Zuatoi. Good for you, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, which is a, a Vietnamese coconut drink. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm, well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm drinking coffee. Good. Okay. I think they also have that in, in Vietnam. So, correct. Um, so, obviously, we're doing Les Mis. <laughs> no, people did really well. We had the mm. that question last week, right? Exactly. Um and the question was that there are three musicals that we know of, there may be more, um, with songs in them titled The Confrontation. And one of them is our musical this week. So what musical is it, Thomas? It's, it's Miss Saigon. Stuck here in hell, what's a soldier to do? The 
A lot, I think a lot of people wanted Lee so I'm sorry to everyone for disappointing this week. They're going to be so disappointed. But it will come. Don't worry. A bunch of people wanted Lee <laughs> This is um, like fake Lee I mean... Yeah, and, you know, some people might argue that it's better than Lee Uh-huh. I don't think you would be one of them. <laughs> oh, man, I think I'm going <laughs> to Did just... you see the tweet? Did you see the tweet? I think it was from Eric, uh-huh. um, who said... And I'm going to quote it properly so I don't balls it up. Uh-huh. Um, so his answer was... Uh, Lee Miserab, calling it now that Tommy won't like it. <laughs> it that's so funny because I like Lay Miz. Um, uh-huh. Miss Sagan, on the other hand, we'll get to We're it. We're gonna get into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, to tell you about it first. So the music is by Claude Michel Schomburg and the lyrics by Alan Bibliel um, and Richard Maltby Jr. Yes, I saved your film to say any of their names, Tommy. You're n- very welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It, I w- it's almost a spiritual successor to Lay Miz. They have a lot yeah. of things in common. Yeah. Um, and their other big one is the Pirate Queen. I say big. Yeah. But their uh, other, you know, other one that um, they did. And I guess Martin Guerre. But mm-hmm. uh, they, these two, I think, are their... They're, oh, they're their stalwarts. They're the ones yeah. that people know. Um, For sure. But they're very they're good composers. They're very like good them. composers. They write good music. <laughs> um, um, you can see the next part. It's based on Puccini's opera, Madame Butterfly. Um, it is indeed. Which um, so many things are as well. This is almost an archetypal story at this point. Yeah, kind of, isn't it? Yeah, I would say. But so. this is this is the this is like a, a you know this is like a proper adaptation yes. as opposed to just kind of using the the theme the yes, like Romeo and Juliet style theme. This is, theme. This is, this is like a... almost character for character, straight on a reinterpretation. Okay. Um, so it opened way back in 1989 mm-hmm. uh, on the West Ends. And then rapidly transferred over to Broadway in 1991 mm-hmm. um, after it was very successful over here. And uh, sort of Tony Wise, um, Jonathan Price, Leah Salonga took home the Olivier and the Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, Hinton Basso played John, took home the Tony. It never won Best Musical anywhere. Um, it lost out, did you know, it's to Compton and Green's last outing. I did not know that. Uh, that yeah. famous Compton and Green musical, The Last Outing. The last outing. <laughs> no, it was um, Will Rogers Follies. Oh. Uh, so there you go. And and the, the Olivia lost out to return to the Forbidden Planet. Uh, yes, everyone's favorite. <laughs> everyone's favorite. Have you ever? Has that ever made its way across the pond? I don't think so. But my like deep down in my brain, is that based on the Tempest? Um. Yes, I think it's Tempest in Space. I think that's <laughs> the idea. That's like one of those facts that, like, I don't know where I ever heard that. I know it's like a stalwart of like high school theater. Really? Ugh. Yeah. Return to the. I know. I know. Anyway, um, it was then revived uh, not that long ago in twenty fifth, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen in yep. the West End, and then and just recently is, revived. Yeah, like, like it's opening Thursday. 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 Tomorrow. It opens tomorrow. Hey. We exist in time. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that is the, the brief history of Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's lots of other dark avenues and oh, uh, many, well, many things. In don't you worry. Uh, we'll get there. Very checkered past. Yes. But um, we, we should summarize it first. Let's summarize it. So um, set during the Vietnam War, the end of the Vietnam mm-hmm. War specifically yep. in 1976-ish. 
Yes. Something like that. 75, Late 70s. 75, 76, 77, 78, because it's over the course of three or four years. <laughs> right. Um, it's, um, it's right before the fall of Saigon and then right after the fall of Saigon. Exactly. Um, and it sees a GI called Chris, who falls in love with a young bar girl named Kim, and uh, they get nasty. Uh-huh. And, a, wor- um, a whirlwind romance. A very whirlwind romance lasting a day. Yeah, um, if that. And, if that. Uh, and then he, it, the, the fall of Saigon happens. He but, gets, um, but what luck, he has to leave. Exactly, he gets extradited. Yeah. Um, and then we find out three years later mm-hmm. um, that Kim has had a child with him and he has moved on and he has a wife in the yep. US. Um, and through the, uh, what's called the Bouidoy Foundation, mm-hmm. um, they track down Kim and the child and s- stuff goes down. Yep, stuff goes down. Um, um, and the whole thing is... Mm, narrated puts it a little strongly but kind of led yeah. through a character called the engineer um, yeah which is a misnomer he's more of a pimp um yeah i think engineer in the sense that he can make things happen yeah do you know what i mean it's that idea yeah um but he is yeah so he runs the the nightclub that uh kim worked in mm-hmm. um and then becomes a sort of an aide so that's the story. Yeah. Um, it's no, really... Tommy, you uh-huh. you hadn't you hadn't listened to it before. I had I Miss Saigon has been on my periphery for a long time. Um yeah. and I've never quite sat down and listened to it. I've heard bits and pieces, but for this yeah. I sat down and listened to it a couple times and saw the I watched the twenty fifth anniversary filming of yep, it. So that that was of the, the twenty fourteen revival okay. of the West End. Um, um which is filmed very strangely for a stage musical. Absolutely, absolutely. Is it a film? Is it a musical? Right. Who yeah. Knows? Who knows? Um a lot of interesting choices. I like yeah. not, not bad, but not what I expected. Um No, it's yeah, it, yeah, it was it, enjoyable, but you're also like but what is it? Yeah, exactly. Like, why ways. not just film anyway? Um, yeah. So yeah, this was my first time through. Um, exactly. I, I, should... I actually, this is the second thing I saw on a stage. Really? On like a professional stage? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How I how old were you? Production of it. I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Oh, I think 15. We should mention in the summary, the thing Miss Saigon is famous for is they quote unquote land a helicopter on the stage. That's that's the gimmick. Oh, that's yeah. That's stick. what everyone kind of knows. About. The helicopter show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah, helicopter yeah. show. Yeah. They land <laughs> the a helicopter, helicopter on the stage um, um, as part of the which, evacuation. D- of which the is weird because I don't associate it with that because I saw a touring version. So ah. it's just a video. Um, <laughs> so I, I was just like, what's everyone going on? It's helicopter. Was what it, are you talking about? Was it just a guy with like a helicopter prop on a stick who just came yeah, in and, like, and he just, yeah. And there are tiny little finger puppets that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our yeah. puppet version of Miss Saigon. Um so no, this was this was my first proper time through. Um the I'm gonna disappoint so many people, Jimmy. I exactly. find this musical offensive on like sixteen different levels. Outstanding. Okay, let's have a break and then we'll talk about it.
you find it offensive? <laughs> I find this musical uh, on a content level, on a um, like creation level, on a casting level, um, just on like as a musical, on a structure level, the whole mm-hmm. thing. I, it, it has not been an enjoyable experience getting to know this show. This is really fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, well, let's start. Oh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> let's go for the content. Let's, okay. Let's clap back on the, the content. So, what was there what was are so <clears throat> from there? There are two parts of the content that get to me. One mm. is um, how it's representing a historical, um, like how it represents the Vietnam War. Um, uh-huh. And then the other side of the content level is the sexism and racism that is prevalent mm-hmm. in the creation and perseverance of this story. Um, the Vietnam War is like far from America's finest hour. I think it's one of the most disgusting things that America's ever done. The Vietnam Absolutely. War was a proxy war between um, the communism and capitalism in the world. Um, yeah. And, like, we all went to Vietnam to have this war because it was the Cold War, so we couldn't drop nukes on each other. Um, yeah. And, like, there are hundreds of stories of the, like, human atrocities that happened and, like, the raping and pillaging and murdering of, you know, villages in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And, like, the show starts out with, like, oh, the heat is on in Saigon. Like, what a what a happy time we're at. Yeah, and the GIs hang out and, like, oh, what a what a fun time. What a fun time to be to be alive, to be around in Vietnam. And certainly it turns around like we don't pretend that like it's all sunshine and rainbows, but I don't to history is made of the stories we tell, not the things that actually happened. And so Mm. for this to be the story of Vietnam, it's a very whitewashed American retelling of what happened there. You know, we have this sympathetic GI who like, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to you take advantage of the women and like he, he gets accidentally shoved into this by his friend and so he's sympathetic that way and like that's bullshit. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fact that this dreamland world exists where, you know, all, all of these women are selling their bodies in an effort to get out of this place is horrifying and mm-hmm. we're glorifying it. We're romanticizing it. And it's, it makes me angry and sad on a really deep level. Um, right. Like the whole it, taking advantage of the Vietnam war as a storytelling vehicle for this story, I think is mm-hmm. unfair on a really big level for everyone involved in the Vietnam War. <laughs> right, okay, okay. That's, that's really, really interesting. Because um, I've never looked at it like that. Yeah? I've never looked... I don't even think it's... I um, I think it's grotesque. I think it's grotesque. Yeah. Um, and garish, gaudy, and in your face. Um, and I think it's, it's looking at it with a dark eye. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That these men are abusing these women, mm-hmm. and these women are sort of will well not willingly but um openly being abused um yeah. because the situation is is so dark yeah um, but no one and i think no one gets their comeuppance for it i mean if if it's a story but, of that there should be some you know repercussions there 
but like mm. who's the friend um uh gg yeah um like he, he he you know is rude oh wait and, sorry are you talking about john i'm talking about um john um yeah, john john oh. is um you know he's awful he's absolutely awful and is mm-hmm. grotesque and at the by the end of the play is like oh look at how helpful i am i'm a, and like and like but the thing is what i would take there is that you know what i mean he's come out of that world mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and they really they really try and paint that that the gis when they're out there lose track of what's going on and so much you know i mean and that, that yeah. really was and that's very true so high on drugs mm-hmm. and war lust and blood lust yeah. and without any sort of direction yeah um and so they went they went really crazy um and it's you know when he, he comes back and starts up the Boudoy foundation mm-hmm. that's him kind of being like i know what we did was god awful let's try and make amends do you know what i mean yeah and i realize we're talking broad strokes here yeah um i mean i i think if if that reads to me as like that doesn't read to didn't read to me as author's intent when i watched it um what doesn't read to you as the like oh we're so blinded by the drugs and the sex and the war when we're out here um Uh you know that's the and we'll get to him to the engineer um, but the justification is like men will always be men. That's an awful justification. That's a bullshit justification. That's a sexist mm-hmm. justification. Like no, mm-hmm. no, people should be people. Like we can't. You do not excuse men for wanting to have sex with women. Like men mm-hmm. will always be men. No bullshit. Bullshit. I al- will always call bullshit on that sexism. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like then to put it on stage and to glorify it. Um, but see, so you so you're saying glorify it? Yeah. I I wonder about that though because to me it's not again it's not a celebration it's not saying way the heat is on as I gone let's all have a party it's saying this is a snapshot yeah. of the kind of seedy dark side of the war that has got nothing to do with Rambo mm-hmm. it's got nothing to do with um, Apocalypse Now yeah it's this is the the bit that we've not really seen yet you know what I mean and um, this is how desperate and dark it yeah. was yeah. Uh, mm, I have problems with that. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I can entirely articulate why. The comparisons I kept drawing between this show... I, I kept drawing a comparison between Miss Saigon and Cabaret, another mm-hmm. show that's kind of about nightclub in pre-ish wartime. Um, yep, and I guess it, uh, what Cabaret... You know, Weimar Germany was this... Fr- you know what we've talked about before? It's like right. the fringe. It's this height of desperation. Right. But um, it has characters with power who have for the most part chosen their situation i mean mm-hmm. our main character kim mm-hmm. basically gets dragged into this nightclub and stripped of her clothing like mm-hmm. that is awful and sexist and does not set up the story well um it is off but whereas like i, whereas, I wonder though whereas sally bowles has chosen to perform here sally bowles has completely, like completely completely but so Kim has just been orphaned. Right. Um, her whole village has been destroyed. Yeah. And she is at a loss as to what to do. And you do wonder, well, how many times has that happened? Do you know what I mean? And even in contemporary society, um, how many young girls have lost everything yeah. and turned to something like sex work to 
get by. Yeah, but does I mean, the way it's set up, she doesn't turn to sex work. Sex work happens to her. Exactly, but the, you know, you wonder what the alternative would be. Uh, yeah, the you can mm, I It doesn't set up it sets up for a weak powerless female character mm-hmm. which i think is it's that it's a musical written by men and then mm-hmm. this is where it gets into i think some of the um racism that's intrinsic in the show mm-hmm. barring racist casting controversies which we'll get mm-hmm. to in a minute completely but yeah. the archetype and the stereotype of you know the geisha woman who needs to be rescued from her situation for whatever reason, usually mm-hmm. by a white man, is you know there is a, a white European imperialism that runs through that story at its core, um, mm-hmm. and is part of Madame Butterfly. Um, yeah, but like. Where in Madame Butterfly, you know, in like when was that written? Eighteen ninety-eight. Yeah, I like it was a different time back then. It wasn't right then for sure, but by nineteen eighty-nine, we should know better. Um, like that's one of the story things you should fix when you rewrite this story. Um, right, and they did not. They did not so at all. What would your alternative be? Don't do the show. Right. Don't write this show. This show is like the um our narrator, the engineer, compassionate, funny, interesting, charismatic. You clap for him at the end of every single one of his songs and yep. is an awful human being. Mm-hmm. You know, he traffics in women. He, you know, gets his due. He's a he's a drug dealer. Like mm-hmm. he you know, but we're like, oh, but it's so fun when he sings it. Like, mm-hmm. you're setting up a really dangerous precedent there. Um, mm-hmm. He says a lot of really racist stuff about Vietnamese people um, in mm-hmm. uh, the song about America. Um, American Dream. American Dream. I think it's an American Dream. It might be in If You Want to Die in Bed. It's, it's, it's all the way through. It yeah. really, really but is. But, like, what yeah. it, you know, why couldn't I have been born in a culture that valued hard work and capitalism uh, more than they value, like, rice and uh, tradition or whatever that line is? Yep. Super racist. Super overtly racist. Like, uh-huh. condensing Vietnam culture down into that sort of thing. Like... Mm-hmm. You can have commentary about people wanting to get out of this situation. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there is this interplay between the communist ideal and the capitalist ideal here going on, for sure. But Mm -hmm. dress it in a different way. Don't surround Mm -hmm. it with these, like, really, really racist archetypes. Mm -hmm. Um, So is your your issue mm -hmm. coming from the fact that it was written by Alan Mobile and Claude-Michel Schoenberg? If it was written by um, Vietnamese mm-hmm. or even East Asian yeah. writers, and it was a, the same story, I, because what the the thing what the thing is is what I think uh-huh. is people like the engineer yeah. probably existed. People who got so hooked on the Amer- the Americanism, right. all these people coming over with all of this money, yeah, um, and showing them this completely new way of life, yeah, I can completely see why they would be like, hang on, is this an option for us? Oh, absolutely. My my problem is not with the fact that these people 
like the the characters in this play are based on real people for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I don't dispute that, but mm-hmm. they are making. You know, when when you create this kind of piece of art, when you create musical theater, especially based on something historic like this, mm-hmm. the way you craft your character is your commentary about that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the and they've you can do they can do better. Like, um, just look at Les Mis. Is Javert a good guy or a bad guy? kind Mm -hmm. of in the middle and there Mm -hmm. are moments where you're like you're rooting for javert and there are moments like you know what the hell man cut it Mm -hmm. out you can create this kind of character with more depth with more honesty about it not with this kind of you know bright lights and sparkly purple jacket across the way um Mm -hmm. and like you know no no commentary on performance no commentary on um like how yeah we're just talking about storytelling yeah um like you know it's all wonderfully performed and things like that but you the sympathetic characters in this are not people are not the human beings i want in my world and i don't think are the people from this era that should be honored that should be Mm -hmm. built up like this um Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think they are built up, despite this story being a tragedy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this, like, it's called Miss Saigon, and Kim is one of the most, <clears throat> Kim is one of the most passive characters I've ever seen mm-hmm. in a musical. Um, and, like, is really fitting into that kind of archetype of, like, you know, the things happen to her. She has mm-hmm. one or two powerful songs about, you know, how her son kept her alive and those sorts of things, but they're all still very much centered around, um, quote-unquote, things that happened to her. Um, and that bothers me. It bothers mm-hmm. me when characters are written like that. It bothers mm-hmm. me when female characters are written like that because it's mm-hmm. it's sexist. It's chauvinistic. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I every other song I was offended during this musical. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone out there it's, who likes no, this. I got. I do. I do. I find it. I just find it really, really interesting because it's it's something that I that since the revival has only been um, since the revival is happening that I've come to understand that mm. a lot of people have an issue with this show. Yeah. Um. I thought it only existed with the Jonathan Price casting, which we'll talk about in a mm-hmm. minute. Um, and I completely underst- understand that and empathize yeah. with it. But the, now more and more people are speaking about the content. But for me, like you, you talked about sympathetic characters earlier. And uh-huh. for me, there are no sympathetic characters in this show. Everyone is deeply flawed. Um, and kind of nobody makes the, the right decisions. Yeah. Um, I might be thinking that it's smarter than what it is, and maybe you're right. Maybe it's not author's intent, and maybe I'm just reading into it. I but mean, the I do wonder because it's such a because it's such. The thing is, is if it if it isn't author's intent, mm-hmm. then it is just blankly racist. Yeah. Um. I, the, and I I can't see, I can't see anyone, a getting away with it, uh-huh. and b, um. 
doing it yeah (laughs) do you know what i mean like i I can't um, i I wonder if this is a i can absolutely see people getting away with it i mean you know how long did blackface live on stage i know but we're talking about 1989 and we're talking about cameron mcintosh here yeah yeah Um, but like we're you know we still have struggles with um asian casting on broadway today and like no complete and again we'll we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute but i just mean in terms of the actual content yeah um you know when when it was getting brought over to Broadway, mm. Equity didn't have a problem with the content of the show. They just had a problem with Jonathan Price's casting. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely fair. But what you're what we could then say is, well, if it if it was strictly Asian casting, and I completely agree that it should be, um are you just are you telling a story, a really horrible story? Mm-hmm about a really dark time it's not a ha- that's the thing for me it's not a happy story no even even the american dream is still dark and grotesque oh, and it's, it's super dark you, you don't you know at the end of it i yeah. i understand a lot of people i understand a lot of people sensationalize it and say oh how fun la di da yeah for me it's not that for me at the end i'm not like god engineer i really hope you get your way i'm not i'm saying i hope you get stuck in bangkok and you get your comeuppance because what you don't understand right. is that you've you've just um, you know fallen into that American dream folly that so many people do. Yeah, um, it's still, that's this is what I take away from. Yeah, it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I see that. I think if it weren't like to your point, I think if it was a story born out of Vietnamese writers, uh-huh. it would have more subtlety and more honesty to it. And right. the thing that tips me towards the like it's just flatly racist is how much of a spectacle the whole thing is. Um, okay. You know, this is not a, a quiet, tiny story of four or five characters mm. on this, you know, in this awful world where they live in. Like mm-hmm. we spend a long time watching groups of people march across the stage. Like they move big set pieces in and out to tell this epic operatic mm. tale. Um, mm. Which, you know, that that tips my scale more towards entertainment and less towards yep. um, honest storytelling. Yeah, completely. And I, I would agree with I would agree with you on that. But what I think that has come down to, that's a business decision as opposed to an artistic decision. I yeah. would say because Cameron McIntosh isn't ever going to sponsor a little, you know, modest story. Right. He wants to make money. Right. So the only thing that's going to be successful in the West End is a big budget show. And that's, that's the way it's right. always been. But it's, um, it's all these things together. This is why it offends me on like 12 different levels. Yeah. Um, like then, because that paired with the paired with content, the, like, with then the right, we're yeah, taking of advantage of this content, which yeah, is exactly. the story of the white man coming in to save non white people, which is uh-huh. like that, you know, like racism, the book, that's it. Um, I know, but that's again, it, it's, it's not because what all to me all it's doing is it's a discussion of the Vien- the way the Vietnam War ended. Yeah. Um, the fact that you have, for example, the Morning of the Dragon, mm-hmm. um, that number where it shows the change mm-hmm. from the engineer's perspective. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not necessarily saying, um, you know, here comes communism and everything's awful. It's just saying here comes communism right um and it's affected the engineer in this way because he was on the other side and that's 
That is the truth of it. People yeah. Where? But then, do you know what I mean? But then we, a bit, like, that's still the middle of Act Two. Like, then mm-hmm. we watch Joe go back to like when, and we'll get this kid to a better life from this mm-hmm. awful, awful play. Like, b- bullshit. Probably true, but that's. But do, so this, but what's <clears throat> bullshit? What's bullshit about that? The like. That this is the story we're glorifying. And it's like, mm-hmm. you are made, you are meant to read Joe as like stuck in this awful situation. Where Sorry, Chris. Chris. Do you mean, you're, who, do you mean, who are you talking about? Oh, I Joe? do mean Chris. Sorry. Um, Chris. You're meant to see Chris as like stuck in this awful situation, uh-huh. um, you know, where, oh, he has to make the choice and what will, and like new wife or old wife and old wife has kid and like, God, no, you got into this. You went to uh-huh. a bar where there were women who were being uh-huh. taken advantage of, and you made the decision to go home with her and sleep with her. And you know yep. what happens when you do that? People get pregnant. And she yep. had a kid. Like, this is not a tragic Sophie's choice. This is like the result of your actions. But uh-huh. with the underscoring, with the painting, with the trappings, with all of this, he's <laughs> painted as this, like, you know, semi tragic hero of the again thing. i again i don't think he is i don't think he is i think the only kind of hero moment he has is his conflict and why god why where he's trying to sum up the Viet- the vietnam war confusion yeah. that american gi's felt right and the whole conundrum that was that war um in that song after that again he's kind of hateful you kind of hate him the wor- i think the worst bit and the, the bit where i really turn against him is um when him and ellen are i can't remember the name of the song mm-hmm. um but it's when him and ellen are making the decisions about tam yeah. and kim yeah in in her absence and john's like this is disgusting listen to what you're saying this is disgusting and he's openly calling the hero of the show the hero in inverted commas of the show right a, you know a disgusting human um because they're saying like in bangkok he can go to american schools it's right for him mm-hmm. right for kim like um and it is it's like this is this is trash what you're saying here you aren't thinking about the humanity of it and i think that's it is chris doesn't really ever come round to the idea that kim is still in love with him or that kim is holding you know that has made this relationship in her head yeah a thing over these years um but it, he never he never comes back to that yeah uh, it's i my the fact that kim is still in love with him as yep. an author's choice which certainly they're doing meta butterfly like i get it it's part of the story mm-hmm. but that's why why you've been through hell this man mm-hmm. left you you had one night together like mm-hmm. It, it's another story of a powerless woman who can't help but fawn over the man she wishes could come in and save her from this life. And to, yeah, completely, completely. And to like put that story on stage for you know twenty five years um, mm-hmm. in this racist, sexist, you know trappings. Like the the show starts with naked girls. Like, yep. uh, it's. I, I I must say I must say I don't think naked girls equates to misogyny. N- no, not on its own. I think in context here it does. Um, I I because, but again, are you looking at the reality of the situation? 
Yeah. Do you know? I mean, it's so the opening to that show is so garish and in your face. It really sets you on edge, and to me, it sets up the tone of the show. It sets up into this. Yeah. You aren't gonna like this world. I think. Do you know what I mean? I think we have different. No, they, they don't do a lovely, beautiful, teasy, sexy dance. That's no, but you they, know, they don't do a forty seconds street. Right, but um, but they also don't you know do they the get, song. They get, visib- they get visibly abused and cry. Yeah. In that opening number, but the song that isn't something. The song's that you're still enjoying. in a major key. Like it's still you know this is this. But is, you're coming. Mm, Sorry, you're coming at it from the GI's perspective, and in their mind, it would be in a major key because to them, the heat is on a Saigon. The, the chicks are hotter than hell. One of these slits here will be Miss Saigon. God, the tension's high, not to mention the smell. There's nothing nice about that. Do you know what I mean? In those literally opening four words, four lines, sorry. Yeah. There's nothing nice there. Yeah. And but it's in it, their GI messed up head that you're seeing this, you know? Yeah. I, mm, I think. I think you're using a more critical eye than I think most viewers of this musical would. I agree, but that's that's my, that's my jam. Yeah, Do you know well, what I mean? Exactly. I, 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 you know, I like to go into shows and try and find these things. Right. Um, I'd love to have a sit down with Alain and, and Claude Michel and just be like, right guys, what's the tea here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Are, are you racist? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, I think there's there are some moments, and do you know what? It could it could easily be, but I like to find the good in people. So I like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I want to make sure that they they aren't being racist mm. and that it is, you know, uh, a, view, a viewpoint to me, because maybe I'm like, if it wasn't, then... Uh, I would feel dirty having enjoyed this show for right, however many years. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, I can appreciate, I can appreciate the faults of it. And we'll get into the faults in a bit. I realize we've been talking for a long, long time. <laughs> um, and, we'll, and I do think there are some severe moments of like, mistake, mistake. Yeah. Um, but there are other things that I think it's got good. Hmm. So let's talk about that after a break. <laughs> So can I start, can I start with one thing that I think is um, a uh, good thing? Yes, absolutely. This show opens up about thirty roles for Asian people that wasn't there before. I disagree that that's a good thing in a, in this specific context. So you're yeah, but no. What I'm saying is I understand there's nothing right, right, and there's literally nothing. Yeah, I put a list there of all of the other shows before this. We had South Pacific, Flower Drum Song. King and I mm. and Pacific Overtures. Right. Literally all of which are pretty much racist. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they are like out and out racist. Right. Um whereas Miss Saigon still has these stereotypes flowing through them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Uh-huh. Um but they're not gonna be casting well. They shouldn't now, be. Yeah. Now they're not going to be casting any you know, yellow face roles. Right. Then they did very big mistake. Um, and then now we've got Allegiance. Right. Which finally and, we've made it. <laughs> finally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're looking at the first show where I think did, um, did he write the book? Did George Takei write the book? I think George Takei wrote the book. Cool. Um, um, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's obviously, it's his story. Right. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. So it's, you know we're, we've got there <laughs> we've got it's taken a while but i do think miss saigon is a step in the right direction i think there there are mm, 
yes, but, yes, but, you know, like, mm-hmm. can you imagine being uh, an Asian hopeful actor? It's like, don't worry, you don't need to be cast in the overtly racist South Pacific now. Instead, mm-hmm. we're going to cast you as a prostitute. Like, I know, but... Pro- prostitutes are a thing? To, like, yeah, prostitutes are a thing, I mean? but as a white woman, you can play a prostitute on stage or not play a prostitute I on know, stage. I know, and that is a... Yeah, I get that, I get that. It's a horrible thing, Yeah, right? And strides need to be taken. Yes. Yes, correct. Um, but it's... Do you know? I mean, it's 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 an op- It is an opportunity. It is an opportunity. It is an opportunity. Um, and there, I mean, there are some meaty roles and meaty songs in this, and also a paycheck is great. And like, you know, it, it's it's definitely a mixed bag. Um, but uh, the one that got me, the one that got me was Aladdin. Yeah. Did you know Aladdin has? I think th- I might I might be quoting this wrong, and I will try and find the right fact. Mm-hmm. Um, open it and show it's wrong. But it's something like Aladdin has something like three. Asian people in the cast. That's disgusting. The- that is disgusting, Tommy. Yeah. Like, that is god-awful, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Just because it's Disney doesn't mean it's white. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I genuinely was... I was sh- yeah. shocked. It's, I was stunned when I read that it's statistic. A, it's a big, big problem. And, like... It's such a big problem, yeah. I know. And this... You and know. We've, just, we've just had Iron Fist. Like, it's still happening. Yeah. yeah. It's still happening what the hell is going on well and it's because see this this all ties into my problems with miss saigon is because mm-hmm. these things are insidious and they're they're subtle mm-hmm. they're underneath it all and like so you, so you're saying that because we're still allowing miss saigon uh-huh that i think the but there's i, I don't know because uh, maybe because i don't see it as inherently racist mm-hmm. um i'm not seeing the do you know how it's how it's a, a negative right thing yeah do you know what i mean I, it's we have you know r- racism is as old as time um and is perpetuated by you know, from from my perspective is if miss saigon is inherently racist as a story mm-hmm. then it perpetuates these ideals consciously or subconsciously of the white person being greater which of course is not true at all yeah um, yep, yep, yep. and then that trickles down forever and ever and ever back into things like the casting of Miss Saigon and back okay. into things like the casting in Aladdin and the, you know, mm-hmm. r- racial diversity of Broadway today. Um, yeah. Like, the, it, it's, it's a, a snake eating its own tail that will keep going and going and going and going until, you know, we chop the head off. Yeah. The Aurobarus, that's called. <laughs> Gesundheit. Thank you. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 an awful thing. It's it's really an awful thing. And I've got I've got an actual statistic here. I admit I don't have a citation, but I did see it. So and it wasn't <laughs> on Wikipedia. Um the Asian American actors fill roughly two percent of the roles off Broadway and on Broadway, and yet in New York City alone mm-hmm. they make up twelve point nine percent of the population and are also the fastest growing minority group. Yeah. Um and that's been the case since the 70s the 80s like this is, has been going on a long time and what the hell yeah. like yeah it's really it's it's a very strange one because we've obviously we've talked a lot about um black casting and mm-hmm. the issues there mm-hmm. um and obviously nowadays we're seeing many many strides and things 
are starting to get better-ish. Ish. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's like, like this is this is the thing. If we were having this, like, this whole conversation take out mm. Asian, put in black, it would be a different mm. conversation. Like, I know, people yeah. are more aware of those yeah, kinds uh-huh. of casting issues. Exactly. That exactly. kind of inherent racism. Um, like, if if Miss Saigon, the black version, was ever performed with one actor in blackface, you would never hear of Miss Saigon again. Never, like, yeah, you would never... It, it just it, The thought it would me. It would be gone. But so the fact mm-hmm. that, like, we have a bullet point later about some of the, you know, race, racial racist casting that happened during yeah. this show, and it's just a bullet point, and Miss Saigon yeah. survives in spite of it, um, yeah. sp- speaks volumes about how how much we don't acknowledge asian racism yeah completely completely the fact yeah like it but it wasn't even like oh i know but it was the 60s production and they didn't know any better right. no it was the original production yeah yeah and they hell knew better yeah What they knew from TV didn't have a thing to do with me. I went back and re-upped. Sure, Saigon is corrupt. It felt better to be here driving for the embassy. Cause here if you can pull a string, a guy like me lives like a king. Just as long as you don't believe any. Why God? Why this face? Why such beauty in this place? I want my memories as they were, but now I'll leave remembering. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, let's talk about Mr. Jonathan Price. <sighs> it's, <laughs> so, uh-huh. well, let's let's just tell the story of what happened there. So, Jonathan Price, Shakespearean actor, um, really well-renowned. I think he'd just done a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, things were going well. Um, and he gets cast in the original production of Miss Saigon as the engineer. Yes. Um, it's important to make very clear Jonathan Price is very white Jonathan Price is a a, British uh, maybe Australian uh, British white British British white man man. (laughs) born in Wales like yep Um, and so what they did because the engineer 
Well, this again, this is another. This is a kind of issue I do have with it, but not with the show, with the the kind of fallout of the show, um, where they're like, yeah, but he's actually half French, so uh, it's fine if he's white. And I'm like, first of all, first of all, they've shoehorned that in right. because in the show, all he says is, my father was a tattoo artist in Haiphong, but his designs on mother didn't last too long. My mother sold her body high on beetle nuts. My job was bringing red face monsieurs to her huts. At no point does he ever say, no. my father, a Frenchman, was yeah. a tattoo artist. Yep. Um, do you know what I mean? You yeah. don't, no, he never it, says, and it's, I'm French. And it's not a part of the plot. And No, no. absolutely not. It's it's purely an excuse. Because he, bring, because he brings up, that's what I learned from the French. He's yeah. not saying, that's what I learned from my father, who was a Frenchman. Right. He's saying, uh, the French yep. had a population in Vietnam. Yep. And therefore, I learned how to, you know, use barbiturates. Um, like, that's all that comes into. So by saying, and what they do say is that the engineer is a Eurasian role, um, they're trying to excuse themselves. Right. And I, I do disagree with that. Yeah. Well, but and the reason, the reason I disagree with it, sorry, I'm just going to yeah, yeah. batter on three. The reason I disagree with it is because they gave him fucking eyelids. Right, exactly. That's the problem. Like, if he's a Eurasian character... Why do it? He, he can just be a white man on stage. Like, right, exactly. If that's your intent, then do that. But yep. if they do that, then the white man becomes evil, and we can't have that. Um, I don't even think it's that. I just think it's like, uh, if we do that, it will just look wrong. And it's this in the sense that, you know, if you cast a white man as Cole House Walker, that would be fucking awkward. Exactly. And it is awkward. Yep. It is awkward. Um when now I will say that they, they scrapped the eyelids reasonably quickly. Um but when Jonathan Price comes back and sings the American Dream in the twenty fifth anniversary production, mm-hmm. it's awkward. Yep. It's really awkward. The first time the first time um I ever saw it again back to Hey Mr. Producer, um was in Hey Mr. Producer. And it's completely out of context. Mm-hmm. You don't know he's an Asian man. Right. Because so then it just seems like this weird production number. This fun, big 11 o'clock number. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, as soon as you put it into the context of the show, yeah. something is not right. Yeah. This, this, so, and this is where it is all one big ball for me. Mm-hmm. This casting controversy give, is one of the things that bolsters my opinion that the writing of this is inherently racist. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, like you would, if, if you were, if you were being thoughtful about it, you wouldn't right. cast like, him. If the, well, yeah. if the whole production team in the, this is the original production, everyone's around, yep. right? Yep. Authors and all. And yep. at some point they all had to make the decision that like, this was okay. That this yep. was, exactly. this was a, a decent exactly. human thing to do. And the kind uh-huh. of person who can make that decision is the kind of person who writes this show, not knowing that it's very racist. So I don't know much about the auditioning process for the West End, but certainly for Broadway, they re-auditioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, and their reasoning was, we just couldn't find anyone who could do it as good as Jonathan Price. Um, to that, what I would say is, um, doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, cast someone else. Yes. Um, also, I don't believe you. Like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like that doesn't that doesn't actually make sense. Try, There's no one try person who harder. Can really do a role. Like. Right. The, but the fact that John John has come in yeah. and done it in this production. Right. Um. It just proves, like, you know, there are people shockingly who can play the engineer better than John the Bryce. Right. Like, 
that that's just that yeah um and to me that just stinks of something else yes and that i think has come from yeah this business perspective yeah. of and this happened because jonathan price had had the success and won mm-hmm. the olivier um then they're like well he's a marketing thing already and yeah we can just push him straight into it yep i mean this this sort of stuff happens in um the musical theater world all the time across the country and it's disgusting mm. that it continues to happen. I mean, only last year there was a big casting controversy with the production of In the Heights in Chicago, um, where yep. they cast a non-Latino actor as Usnavi. Um, yep. And the production team came out with the same excuses. Well, no one showed up to the yep. auditions. Well, he was best for yep. the role. Well, the blah, blah, blah bullshit. Like, you, no one can fix it's it unless it, you fix it. That's yeah, all. no, no, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm sighing in agreement. Yeah. Um, like it's, I mean, we, we talk about this podcast could be called, you know, the <laughs> racial debate podcast, but like we talk about colorblind casting and when that's appropriate and when yeah. it's not. Yeah. And when the show is about these sets of people, yeah. then it's not appropriate to colorblind cast full stop. Yep. It just like, yep. come on, yep. come on. Well, especially there are so many actors. Yeah. And especially <laughs> so an many actors underrepresented population, like. Jesus Christ. And the thing is, the thing is, right, the thing that I don't get, uh-huh. right, it would be a good thing. It would be it wonderful. It would be a good thing. Yeah. Why? Who's going to say, I can't believe you cast an Asian actor in that role <laughs> right? as an Asian person? Yeah. Who's going to Who's going to even question that? Yeah. Or what they could say is, well done you for finally addressing the fact that there's a huge race problem on Broadway. Yep. Like, yep. come the F on. Yeah. No, it's, we're, like... It is ridiculous that it still exists. And there's... Because th- this happens in all in every entertainment industry, too. Um, my mm-hmm. my boyfriend and I, the, his fake podcast that he wants to start is called God Damn It, Tilda Swinton. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Tilda Swinton was cast You shouldn't as, give away the name, because I think that name's perfect. It's, so we'll bleep that out. <laughs> uh, but yes. Um, and Tilda Swinton played an Asian character in, I don't know, whatever Marvel movie it was. In Do- Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. And like, stop, stop. No. It's Iron not. Fist. Yeah, Iron, Iron Fist. Iron Fist came out this week and it, everyone's like, what? Why? Why is he white? Well, <laughs> like everyone the, is like, why? What's the, the Great Wall of China movie that's coming out? Oh with, my like, God, starring Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> like how, what? No, stop, stop it. It's, because the thing is, right, mm-hmm. um, the uh, Gods of Ancient Egypt, or whatever the stupid hell movie it was called, right. was one of these stupid Hollywood films mm-hmm. that are like, bam, 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 let's put some special effects in and roll it out and obviously stick Jared Butler in the, right. the lead role. Like, one of these things where it's like, these are the people who can get away with it. Mm. Matt Damon? Matt Damon does... He acts like... Yeah. Like, he, you know, Oscar-winning Matt Damon? Yeah. Like... No. Now no, 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 he no. plays do Asian. Like, bullshit. No, it's it's just, it's absolute nonsense. Yeah, it and makes me want to shake everyone involved and, like, say, yell stop it in their faces. Completely. It just shows, like you said, it's it's an insidious problem. It just shows you how goddamn insidious it is. Yeah. Because if it was, um, I can't think of an equivalent, if it was building something where the majority of the population was black, mm-hmm. you would not be casting Matt Damon right. nowadays. Exactly. Right? That's a stride that we've come forward on. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. 
why can't we do the same thing with yellow face casting? I also have a problem saying yellow face. I yeah. really don't like it. No. Um, why why are we still encountering this? Yeah. What the hell is going on? And it's, it's as if they're trying to say that, you know, oh, and throughout the world, the Asian population is the smallest. Actually, no, it's the complete opposite. The biggest. Like, yeah, exactly. Like... I don't understand. No, no, it's so ridiculous. And like, can I tell you the whenever the excuse come out comes out like, oh, people didn't show up to the casting, you have to mm-hmm. go on YouTube and look up all the Asian touring casts of popular Western musicals. Exactly. There are fabulous performances of like Wicked and Oh my god. One of my favorite cast recordings is the Japanese Wicked cast recording. Yeah. And also, I know you won't like it, but the Japanese Cats cast recording is incredible. <laughs> right. Um, like, these are fantastic. And, and yeah. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, oh my and God, Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde. I, don't, yeah. um, I think it's Korean. The yeah. Korean Jekyll and Hyde is incredible. Yeah. So don't you dare tell me that there are not Asian actors out there. Exactly. How it's dare you? I know. It's absolute nonsense. Yeah. There's nothing... There's nothing to it, and there is no excuse. It's just racism. Yeah. So let's stop it now. Exactly. Um, another point on my second, you'll agree with me on this, so you'll like this. Uh-huh. Um, I'm agreeing with you. So uh, one of the things that does get me, and we're talking, if we're talking about glorification, okay. right? And this only this only hit me recently um, with Buidoi, uh-huh. the opening of Buidoi, yeah. Um, where they're talking, you know, it's the Buidoi Foundation about these orphan children who aren't accepted in their society uh-huh. because they're mixed race, uh-huh. right? Um, and John makes this beautiful impassioned song about it. Yeah. Um, and it's great. And then nothing happens in terms of the show. Do you know what I mean? It's right. like the, all the money is just going into Cam McIntosh's pocket. Yep. It's not going yep. to the Weed Oil Foundation to try and help anything. Yep. Um, and here's here's something where I'm... This is, I think my problems with it exist in the machine as opposed to the artistry. Right. I think yours are just everywhere. Yeah. Um to me I'm like you can do so- you can do something here. Right. Like we I don't know I just feel like anyone in this musical th- like musical theater makes so much money. It makes so much money. Mm-hmm. Um why can't we do more of philanthropy? 1% like, of our profits go to Da 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 da. Yeah. Even one percent would yeah. be so yeah. much money. Well, and so then that's where this is where your problems with the machine become my problems with the artistry. Putting uh-huh. the Buidoy number into the musical lets mm-hmm. us feel okay about it. And like it's okay. We did bad right. things, but we're making it right because we feel sad about it. And like yeah. I don't give two shits about your sadness. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. shouldn't have done it in the first place. And yeah. don't, you know, you don't get to feel better about it because you sang a big male chorus number about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I know. But for me, I mean, watching it, I was like, Christ, I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I never even would realize. And to me, I'm like, great. The art, you know, and this is it. Like, the artistry is opening my eyes to yeah, this. Yeah, to see this thing. Um, where can I get my money? Do you know, that's that. Right, exactly. like, I'm Where's not going to give you, Cam, yeah. sorry. Like, where... Now, I must say, um, when I saw the touring production, uh-huh. afterwards, the cast were out and they were doing a collection. That's so great. That was a touring production. It wasn't the West End production. Right. So, Who issues. Um, yeah. And uh, it, I, I don't doubt that the touring production did it 
because it would be an extra you know press bit on the press release right um and uh, you know here's my issues with the machine in yeah. general yeah um yeah there's there's yeah there's lots wrong there Like all survivors, I once thought, when I'm home, I won't give a damn. But now, I know I'm caught. I'll never leave Vietnam. War isn't over when it ends. Some pictures never leave your mind. They are the faces of the children, the ones we left behind. They're called Guido, the dust of life. Another thing that I kind of hate, uh-huh. and you'll love this, uh-huh. um, is in the 25th uh-huh. uh, film. Okay. So once the show's all done, right? Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it until that point, right? Uh-huh. Love it. Um, then the show's, and then we have the like glory bits, the fun bits. Uh, right. Um, and I instantly have problems because then they're glorifying it. Yeah. Right? Now, they're taking it out of context and it's no longer about the plight of the Vietnamese people post-Vietnam War. Right. It's now just about, isn't Leah Salonga and Jonathan Price fabulous? Yep. <laughs> and aren't, isn't Cameron McIntosh a wonderful person? Yep. That's what it then becomes. And then I'm like, yeah. and I literally, I clenched yep. because it was very yep. awkward. Yep. It was and very th- awkward. Yeah. Now I I I love me some Leah Salonga. It's you know as much as I've spent the first mo- majority of this podcast like <laughs> shitting on this musical. Um, if you, <laughs> there are a lot of numbers in this without all the context of it that I would find very enjoyable. Right, exactly. I know. Uh huh. Um, and no, like that's the thing is, in, yeah. especially in this production as well. I think I think the vocal talent is yeah. exemplary, Very and stunning. I think it's yeah se- absolutely sensational. Yeah, um, the fact that you can get Gigi and Kim yeah duetting movie in my mind, and it's just one of the most gorgeous things. I think the actor playing Toy is sensational. Yes. Now I looked him up; he's a big, big actor in Korea, huh. and I would like to see more of him. Thank you, because. I was so moved. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So moved um, by his performance and yes. his voice. And his Jesus voice. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, um, basically, the the bit where I was just like, are you guys for real? Who the hell directed this? Was when, at the end of American Dream, uh-huh. when normally in the actual show is Gigi comes out and she's in her like dollar bikini and she's like waving in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes and humps the car and things like that. Um, instead of it being uh, Gigi in her dollar bikini, it's Cameron McIntosh, Alan Bubiel and Claude Michel Schoenberg coming out in the car, fur jackets, cigars being like, Hey, American dream. And I'm like, sorry, 
I beg your pardon, what the hell are you playing at? Yeah. Because, I'm sorry, this isn't an American dream to you. Yeah. This is an American reality. Yeah. Well, and it's like, do you understand what you wrote? Clearly, no, if you want to exemplify it. like Exactly. All they're doing is like, and oh my God, there's like little moments where like Jonathan Price like pushes uh, John John out the way. And I'm just like, no, you guys, you guys, no. where the hell is your taste filter here? Yeah. No. It doesn't seem to exist anymore. And these are the problems that, these are the problems that I have. Yes. Um, Because these, do you know what I mean? This is a, a mind coming from, oh, it's the West End. People love a show. Right. Um, Great. Let's do that. Not realizing the fact that it's not that kind of show. No. And like, it's not, to you're... me, do you know what I mean? To me, it's not that kind of show. Right. It's like um going on the back of, coming for a good example, going in the back of something like, it would be, it would be like writing a musical about 9-11 and then in 20 decades, like touting how much money you made off of it. Like, yeah, exactly. But no, for example, it'd be something like at the end of Anna Tevkin, Fiddle of the Roof, yeah. the 50th anniversary, yeah. are you coming? Everyone's like, to live, to live, to live. Yeah. And you're like, no, no. inappropriate. No, well, that's sorry, not how the show it. ends. You don't, it, this is not a mega mix show. Um, exactly. But to um, Cameron McIntosh, it is. Yes, completely, completely. And I, I do have a lot of issues with Like, for all the great, for all the wonderful things he's done for musical theatre, mm-hmm. um, the machine that he's created yeah. is kind of abominable. And, we, you know, hey, capitalist, cap, uh, capitalist society and, right. blah, 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 and yeah. all that nonsense that we have to put up with if we want to enjoy the things that we enjoy. Right. Um, but do it, do it with some, uh, Oh, do it with some bloody taste. Right. Like, do it with some globalist it, sympathy. Like <laughs> even, even something like the Les Mis anniversary, mm-hmm. their 25th anniversary where, you know, Nick Jonas aside, right. Um, or Joe, I don't know which one it was, but everyone <laughs> is awful. Um, <laughs> them aside, when they brought everyone back on to sing something like bring it home, yeah. bring him home. Sorry. It was done with tact yeah. and decency, and it was really kind of beautiful. Right. Um, you know, it wasn't, and come on, Leah Salonga, I'm like, I get it, I get it. Yeah. But her being like, woo, when Gigi's singing Music of My Mind, I'm just like, no, it makes it, it I find it abhorrent. Yeah. Like, no. It's not about, it's not about No, that. it's a, it's a store, yeah. It's a, it's a story based on a piece of history, and there's some uh-huh. tact and understanding that should be there uh-huh. that clearly the creative team does not possess. But I do think they possess it in the show. I think, to me, it's there in the show. Yeah. But after that, it was kind of like, stop. Do you know what I mean? Like, stop. Yeah, but when when did it go away? When when did it stop being, you know, done with good taste? When they cast Jonathan Price? Like... No, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm meaning in in that, in the 25th anniversary film. Oh, I see. Film. Yes. yes. If the yes, curtain yes. dropped, when the curtain dropped... And then I'd they called happy. it done. Yes, I agree. Um, I mean, I, mean? I wouldn't be happy, but I would be less. No, unhappy. I know you wouldn't be happy, but, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> right. me and my interpretation would have been a better so choice. I would have been happy. Every time I take one in my arms 
tides, it's tides. The movie in my mind, the dream they leave behind, a scene I can't erase, and in a strong GI. Embrace, flee this life, flee this place. The movie plays and plays. I'll find my true romance. He takes me to a place. have to dance our children laugh all day but all that I've been through can't make my dream come true that dream I love to I feel like we've barely talked about the musical. Yeah, I agree. But it kind of doesn't matter. Um, discussion point. Right. So I just filled out a survey recently uh-huh. for a friend doing his um, dissertation. His thesis, I think you guys call it. Yes, we do. Um, and uh, it was about um, musical theatre songs out of context. Okay. And what that means. Mm-hmm. Does it work? Mm-hmm. Etc. So let's, I, I want to talk about, and I think this is a great kind of show to use that as an example. Yeah. Right? Um, so I'm talking about things like 54 Below Cabarets. Right. Um, showcases that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, Even just audition songs. He, like. Well, uh, different. Okay. Because that's a necessity, I that's would true. say. That's true. You know, in a, in a performance context that right. I'm talking about here. Um where does in in musical theater world uh-huh. where does this where does this work uh-huh. how does it how does it work yeah well um, i think it, it was really it was mm-hmm. you, you go i was just gonna say i was i found it really um interesting because it, it hadn't it's something that i've thought about at the time if i've ever directed a, a piece for a showcase or mm-hmm. if i've ever performed something in a showcase right i think about it then yes but not kind of in the grand scheme of things i was suddenly like hang on this doesn't make sense. So I want to I want to hear what you think. I mean, it is interesting to me that it it shows how much musical theater has evolved because old musical theater was just pop music, um, mm-hmm. and you know every Frank Sinatra song, nearly every Frank Sinatra song is from a musical, and they mm-hmm. all are at least entertaining out of context. Yeah. Um, if not entertaining, plus like entertaining, and there's a bit of a story because it's from a bigger storytelling piece. Um, mm. you know, Mac the knife aside, um, the, I think Miss Saigon is a great trial for that because it is totally sung through in that same kind of lame is way. But I do think 
Where in like Les Mis, if you perform a Les Mis song out of context, if you sing on my own, which everyone does, yeah, at least for dreams a dream, exactly. Um, at least for me, and I imagine for most musical theater loving crowds, you're picturing it as a part of the show. Um, yeah, like you immediately replay everything that leads up to that in your mind, and then you listen to the song. Um, mm-hmm. And afterwards, you're like, oh my god, you should still play Eponine, you're so good. Right, exactly. Um, And I do think there are different, there are songs that do that and songs that don't do that. Um, Like, as we talked briefly, The American Dream, I think, lives, like, not that you could perform The American Dream at 54 Below, (laughs) you'd need everyone to start kicklining for it to be big enough. Um, Yeah, yeah. But it, it is entertaining out of context, and you don't need to play the whole show before it for it to be entertaining. Um, Mm -hmm. It's an interesting thing to talk about. I don't think... I think it's just a a fluke either way. I would never want a show written with either in mind, you know? Yes. Um, I I would want a show that does not consider how these songs perform out of context. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I I consider it to be an archaic thing because, you know... Look, for example, like let's go back to Cole Porter. Right, he just wrote a load of song. Someone like Irving Berlin, mm-hmm. uh, the Gershwins yeah. wrote a catalog of songs. They didn't write it with a show; they just wrote a catalog of songs. And someone was like, "Oh, well, let's put this on the stage and we'll, we'll exactly tie a, we'll tie a story to it." Yeah. Um, to me, that's an archaic thing. Nowadays, we're we're kind of artistically more advanced than that. Yeah. And we can, but you then, know, write music with a story intention. But you still end up with sending the clowns, you know, being recorded by everyone and their mother. Um, uh-huh. But so this is, and for example, with Sending the Clouds, like, to me, it, it's silly. And I listen yeah. to it and I'm like, I don't want to listen to you right. unless you're Barbara Streisand because I do think that version is really good. I was like, I don't want to listen to you because it's it's not right. You're not doing it right. But then that's the question. Is there a right or wrong? Right, is, exactly. Or just because it came from a, a musical, does it matter? Like, what's the, isn't there a cover of Popular by some pop band um, right now mika by mika, mika yes did well he didn't it's not a direct cover but he uses it like samples right exactly and so like what you know what is that how does that sound like there's a um yeah i wonder if i could ever find it again if i could do it but there's a pop cover of a song from the mystery of edwin drood when drood i one of the revivals they like did a like mid 90s electro pop cover of i don't even remember what song with like a right. music video that relates to it and it's like a standalone song it's all done by the cast um right but it's like this ridiculous anomaly oh wait was this the recently on broadway.com uh it wasn't no this was older oh, okay. um i want to say I, I the video in my mind is four by three so the movie in your mind the movie god put that away um so that reeks to me of the like isn't there a mid-90s revival of drood um or something like that wasn't it maybe i don't remember anyway um but i mean for example you know like liza doing her do 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 right do 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 and you're just like what the hell are you doing liza like stop it exactly it's 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 a funny it's a funny thing but it's it's totally a commodity and a commodity and um you know loads of actors will do it they'll have their one woman show or their one man show they'll take fifth overload and they'll sing all these songs they're very pretty yeah um but 
it's like does it have... that, it's just it's just a different thing isn't yeah. it it's just you know a different thing. you know where i think it works best and will always be my favorite is um mm. elaine stritch at liberty um right okay because hers are contextualized with the show and and hers are contextualized with her. Yeah, I feel like do you know because she originated. Yeah, it's a like a couple of them, and exactly, it's it's, it's from her kind of. It does. It's it's almost self-referential. Yep. It's like lies with a Z. It's like lies with a Z. You know what I mean? And it's like the whole Judy Garland show ideal um, is that yes. we're like we're creating a story out of these songs that is somewhat tied to the content of the songs and somewhat tied to the context of the songs that yes. creates a wonderful, beautiful kind of show busy kind of plot. Exactly. Like, exactly. That's where that's cabaret done right. Mm-hmm. And so where do you think about, and I mean, th- this is, I don't actually have a bit an opinion on this. It's uh-huh. just purely interesting. Where do you think about, um, personal adaptations or interpretations of songs there? Do you know what I mean, uh-huh. so it's like you take your, um, man that got away, uh-huh. for example, no bad example. Um, you take your maybe this time, mm-hmm. right? A, a classic for the cabaret, right? Um, you take your maybe this time, and you're you're not Sally Bowles in the film. You are you, mm-hmm. and you're like, God, I'm having a tough time at the moment. Um, I'm really hopeful though, so uh-huh. I'm going to bring that. It's you know, and it's it only becomes about that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's it's, it's yeah. entirely uh, neo futurist. It's entirely like acting from the real um mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's when um frank sinatra sings my way uh yeah and like how that became his song it, yeah it's not frank sinatra's song but when he sings it he's singing about doing it my way you know exactly like when elaine mm-hmm. stritch sings i'm still here like it's not in context of the show uh-huh. it's elaine stritch saying she's still alive yeah and like it's where on stage you see the character with tinges of the actor in the cabaret. Mm-hmm. You get to see the actor with tinges of character. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's a fun exercise in humanity. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And it, I think sometimes you can really nail it. If they find a song that does really resonate with them. Yeah. And sometimes taking it out of context is actually a marvelous thing. Yeah, it's cool. And you you listen to the song differently mm-hmm. in many ways. Yeah. Um, even even without a change in the in the um, orchestration of it, you, yep. you still you can still pick up on something new. Yeah. Um, very interesting. I guess just to tie it back to Miss Saigon, though, to be relevant, <laughs> I feel those ones at the end of the twenty fifth. Mm. Um, and I do implore everyone to go out and watch it because if you're never going to see it on a stage, yeah. Um, that's a great. Ad- we didn't really talk about it, but I think it's a good adaptation. You can't see a lot of the choreography, no, because um, it's so. But it's so you're not. That's that's filmed. the story. Yes. Do you know, what I mean, it's a great way to see the story. Yeah. Um, you're not going to see the show. But no. You're going to see the story. You're see the story. Yeah. Um, but then also stay behind to watch the the after cuts. Yeah. Um, and to me, like those songs out of context, like singing the movie in my mind out of context, is weird. Is Really? That would be the one I would point to that makes the most sense. Really? Movie in my mind. Because it's so metaphorical. Um, this is, like, I think this is where... Um, but no, but it's, it's they are not nice, they're mostly noise, they swear like men, they screw like, they die like boys, I know there's nothing... It's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, um, it's, it's about these GIs. Yeah. So who are you, what are you singing about? But it's... it's I the, understand, when you go into the movie in my mind... Right. 
you don't need or the, the, I will not cry I will not think I'll make them dance I'll make them drink yeah, whatever it's called you, um, you don't need the context of the show you just need to know that it's a song sung by a prostitute it's the same thing as um, another suitcase in another hall from Evita like in context the song makes a lot of sense but out of context you have everything you need to understand it yeah in, I don't know I don't know I think it's a weird I think it's a weird huh. because what the and basically my issue being like um, I've heard them switch sides I'm like yeah. no miss I gone <laughs> they didn't do it right sorry uh, the um in that it became about like we did that riff at the end I'm yeah like, oh great you sing great well done oh. um but then it's like it's about the riff and you know right. we're still oh, yeah. doing this I don't, and everyone going whoa I don't think yes for rape I don't think whoa! that performance does it well um but on the topic of like songs from Miss Ga- Miss Saigon that stand outside of Miss Saigon mm-hmm. I think like I understand why they chose movie in my mind yeah it's one of the biggest hits and it it you know you're, you can't do uh if you want to die in bed um no but as in like it's it kind of that is one that has existed a lot yeah, outside of the true. show yeah, yeah um as yeah. is, is that one um i don't i don't know i find it i find it really weird yeah i mean i find me the, the whole that. existence of the show really weird but you know you do we do our podcast it's, is it's only an so interesting long. one i'm i'm glad we've discussed it yeah um because, because people people really enjoy it and like this is I I always feel motivated to say this. You're allowed to like things in the world. Exactly. Everyone is allowed. I like it. Yeah. And that's I like it. Perfectly and good. We're still friends, aren't we? Exactly. Well, and like I don't want anyone to you can you're allowed to like things that are problematic too and yeah, still exactly. acknowledge the problems with them. It's not that's exactly these it. things aren't black and white. Um yep. they're Asian. Totally. Um that was a bad joke. <laughs> That was really bad. I might not include that. Um, no, I probably will. Um, um, do you think... Because this... I think this revival has mm-hmm. opened up this as a conversation because this revival is now in the light of people right. where, you know, it's the Tilda Swinton era. Exactly. Um, yeah, post, it's the Matt post Damon Tilda era. <laughs> right. Um, I think it's come at a very interesting time because people are now starting to have this discussion yeah. I wonder, that they didn't have in 1989 necessarily. I wonder what the contemporary Broadway Broadway reaction is going to be to it. When exactly. it's, you know, playing down the street from Hamilton, when it's playing yeah. down the street from something like Great Comet, where, yeah. um, you know... You can't get a more diverse, diverse cast. Exactly. And like a diverse cast for no reason other than that's the way life should be. Yeah. These um, people are talented. Right. Let's, Let's put them. them in a show. <laughs> Oh, the end um, <laughs> exactly yeah um so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting i, I wonder the, the i wonder if it will see any controversy um mm-hmm. you know certainly god i can't imagine them doing any racist cast casting choices hopefully they've learned um they has, no because so this is it and it's stipulated that um everyone now uh-huh if they're an asian role Must they be. have to be played by an asian actor good um, of course, but so then I, you know, I wonder if they will see any controversy. I mean, there will be people who protest this. I think Miss Saigon mm-hmm. gets protested every time it's performed, mm-hmm. um, and I think rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wonder. Like the things I want to know is like, what does George Takei think? Exactly. Um, what does Leah Salonga? What does think? Leah Salonga think? Like, okay, are have how do they feel about? Miss Saigon. How do you know Asian people in the entertainment industry 
yeah. feel about this. Because, you know, we're exactly. always sitting on our white cis male thrones on the top of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Completely. So I saw an article written by um, David Henry Huang, who is, like, you know, one of the biggest Asian American uh, playwrights mm-hmm. that currently works. Um, yeah. You know, he's won Tony's for things. About, and he wrote um, a play called M. Butterfly mm-hmm. that was... Uh, an adaptation again of, of Madame, Madame Butterfly, Butterfly yeah. but with a pure, purely Asian cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a play. Um, and so he ended up actually kind of becoming the, for, the not the forefather, the, the kind of figurehead for the anti-Miss Saigon campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, because here was someone who was delivering the voices of you know, a- Asian actors right. who can't get any work. Yeah. And so a lot of people turned to him, and, and rightly so. Um, and it's often the content of his plays. Mm-hmm. Um, he had another one recently called Yellowface, mm-hmm. um, which is about control. It's, it's Have you seen it? Uh, I've read it. Right, okay, A long time ago. Yeah. And it's about it's about the controversy. Yeah. Um, and it's he wrote he wrote an article recently, I think for The Guardian, it might be in the New York Times, um, about his contribution mm-hmm. to the to the debate, and we'll put that in the show notes because it's well worth the read. Um, and it's one insight into how Asian actors feel yeah. about Miss Saigon. But the thing, the thing that kind of not upsets me, but it troubles me, uh-huh. is that it'd be all well and good knowing what George Takei thinks, right? But we're never going to be able to know what Leah Salonga really thinks, right? We're never going to be able to know what John John really thinks, yeah, because they're because in it. They're in it, and it's it's you know it gave them a job, and exactly, and that's great. Like that's wonderful. It is great, it, yeah. But it's like if if they do have an issue, right? They can't see it yeah. because they're they're kind they're of now associated with the show. Um, you know, I wonder, yeah. I wonder what the contemporary cast thinks i wonder if they've had discussion i wonder if they've you know done things to fix it like revivals change things all the time um well we've seen it that that's the same production it is okay the london Um, one yeah so Uh, probably not then (laughs) but there's not much you could you know i mean there was already um and i think actually sharon wanted us to speak about this um there's already been substantial rewrites Mm -hmm. Yes. Since the original, um, if you listen between the uh, the symphonic recording and the current re- live recording, mm-hmm. um, you'll hear many, many differences. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily in the face of making it right any more or less racist. Yeah. In your opinion. Yeah. Um, so it's still the yeah. you, you can expect the same old Miss Saigon. Exactly. Heli- exactly. Helicopter and all. That's what it's about. That's why you go see it. It's, it's a, show. a helicopter. Yeah. Do you know they land a helicopter on the stage? It's amazing. <gasps> it's so good. They yeah. do this helicopter bit. And you know, so good. the helicopter is named Miss Saigon. That's how the whole show gets its name. Um, I think so. It's something like that. But it's, <laughs> there's just helicopters so good. Oh my God. There's like 17 oh, helicopters helicopter in the whole show. The whole cast is played by helicopters. Um, there's I a big... love helicopters <laughs> so much. <laughs> Tells us love goes on and on. Played on a solo saxophone. 
it's telling me to hold you tight and dance like it's the last night of the world. Dreams were all I ever knew. Dreams you won't need when I'm through anywhere. Sing with you So that was Miss Saigon. That was Miss Saigon. It was. We did it. We did it. Um, sorry, it wasn't Lee Miz. <laughs> um, hey, I've got a weird quiz question for you. I'm excited. Are you? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am. Okay. This quiz question comes to you in the form of an audio clip. Dun, dun, dun. What? What? If you can work out the identity of the cartoon being described in this audio clip, it will lead you towards the title of our next show. That it will. Which may also be a clue in its own right. Here's the audio clip. It's all about an old British gentleman who has hard time hearing and he finds a horn to listen to things, the horn that he finds is actually the devil's horn. And when he puts it to his ear, everything he hears is magnified. So what could that be? How interesting. (laughs) Um, If you want to get in touch with us, you can. Come find me over on Twitter at AzanHendrix. Or you can find me on YouTube at the same name. And I'm Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theatre Mash on YouTube. And you can find us both on Twitter at Jim and Tomic. Or head to our website, jimandtomic.com, which has a link to the Reddit discussion about this show. We're popping off. Um, and please tell your friends all about us. That would be very, very nice. And we shall see you next Wednesday. And Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.